for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS Social Media. We here at Soccer Chat are members of Dutic Brand FC. That's right. We are some of the lucky ones to get into that team, and you need to get a part of Dutic Brand. Go to their website, dutickbrand.com, to check out all the amazing coaching accessories that will fit all of your needs, the best, the best notebooks that there are, some great beanies, some awesome training cards, as well as Nick's favorite black-on-black T-shirt, which you can see him wearing sometimes if he's not wearing a red shirt, or Tiffany has been wearing it on her Instagram lately. So make sure you check that out, dutikbrand.com. Use the promo code SOCCERCHAT to get yourself a sweet discount by going to dutikbrand.com. Dutikbrand.com, use SOCCERCHAT as your promo code at checkout over at dutikbrand.com. Big shout-out to our friends over at Torex. Check them out on Twitter, Torex Soccer. That's T-O-R-R-X. And check them out online, torex.com, for the greatest ball pump in the world. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It is the greatest ball pump in the world. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Go check out the video that I posted uh, where I unboxed one a couple weeks ago. Nick's had his for about uh, two months now. Everybody's getting on the Torx train. You've got to do it. Come join Team Torx. Check them out, torx.com. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And Nick, I, you know, I never come on the show to complain. I never come on the show to rant. But I have something to get off my chest. I mean, honestly, I do actually don't know what this one is, so I'm I'm kind of excited. What's what's up, brother? I have a bone to pick with people, and if you if 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 FIFA makes a rule, okay, laws of the game that everybody goes by, I don't agree that you as a association, a state association, a league, whatever it may be can say, nah, we don't like that. We're not going to go by that. If FIFA says it's a law of the game and people tell you, hey, you might want to work on this because this is a new rule, you can't. You don't have the authority to say, nah, we don't like FIFA's rules. No one, no one is above the laws of the game. No one. So you, that, that'd be like, Nick and I creating this amazing travel soccer league for like, let's say Nick and I take over the DA and we've got the, the, the U 18s and we're like, U 18s, you're going to play seven on seven. Why? Cause we say so. I mean, so, it, I mean, if, if we're, if we're in charge of us soccer, I mean, that's probably the best situation for them. So, I mean, they need to let us actually do this, <laughs> but I, I, I'm like, go on with the rest of your story. So uh, coaching my, my little guys in our first games this weekend, and I, I mentioned this in, in our, our group text, and uh, the, the soccer chat group text actually too as well. So if, if you never got signed up for that, you need to hit us up so we can get you in our, our, the soccer chat group text. But, um, you know, we at my club is saying, hey, you know, just remember we can play goal kicks into the 18, uh, you know, the various other rule changes. But, hey, you know, because with my guys, I have no one on my U10 team that if I put the ball in the goal kick area, that can fully in the air get the ball outside of the 18. So having a kid in the 18 helps us because we can play it 
a short ball to this kid and then we can play from the back. So we're playing in these uh, little play games, uh, whatever you want to call them, round robins, play dates, whatever they're, they're called. And um, my kids keep getting penalized when we're taking goal kicks. And I'm not, and I'm not sure because the official's not saying anything to me. The AR is not saying anything to me. They just keep making my kids take the, the retake the kick. I bet overall, if you count all the goal kicks and re-kicks that we took in game one, I'm going to say at least like 45. Like it was, it was bad. And so finally, uh, at halftime, I, I asked the officials, which all three were high school age boys, uh, no, no like offense or anything to them. And just said, Hey guys, uh, what, why, why do we keep having to redo kicks, goal kicks? And they said, well, um, they're not going outside of the, the 18 box. And I was like, well, that's odd because the laws of the game state that now somebody can be inside the 18 and, you know, as coaches, we've been told like to start working on this. So kids get it in their minds that you can do this now. And they're like, Oh, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, we didn't play with that in the earlier games. And I was like, okay, all right, whatever. Sure. So then I had to tell my boys like, Hey, we can't do what we've been practicing on. So you're going to have to get the kicks outside of the, outside the box. So then we go into game two and I'm thinking, okay, we had high school boys, the first officials. Now I've got uh, an older crew and we do our normal goal kick. We play to a kid in the 18 so we can turn and play out the back and he blows the whistle and proceeds to get onto my kids about, you have to play the ball outside the 18. And my kids are like, well, our coach tells us we don't have to. And the referee's like, no, you can't do that. You have to play it outside the 18. I asked the AR, hey, man, uh, we had this happen in the first game. What, uh, what rules are we playing by? Because FIFA says that we can do this now. And the AR looks at me and says, well, we're playing this under, and the, I'm not going to say the name, but he mentioned the state that we were in, and it's not Indiana because I was not playing in Indiana. Um, we were playing under the state's high school rules. And I said, but hold up. These are U10 kids. Why are you playing by a high school's association rules? And he was shook and was like, uh, uh, and like pointed to the middle official. And I was like, oh. <laughs> somebody's got some explaining to do. And I, my goalkeeper made a punt. No one headed the ball. And we had, they had done that by the other team in our first game, punted the ball first. And the boys were working on trapping the ball. Nobody headed the ball. Um, and my keeper punted the ball and he blew the whistle, yelled at the keeper and turned around and yelled at me. And I was like, walk 20 feet to that field over there. And those officials are letting these kids do it. Like y'all got to say, okay, these are the rules and everybody's following the rules. Cause it doesn't help any kid who's traveling around this complex now playing five different rules on these five different fields. That's insane. Yeah, that's a little bit nuts. Because if, if they're allowing things up on that field and you're not, that doesn't work. And if you're allowing things that that field's not, that doesn't work either. And so like during this game, because now I'm like fired up, like, okay, like if this is what this whole like league thing that we're doing is going to be like, where we're not following the laws of the game, I, I now I've, I've wasted the last three weeks on my training sessions. And so I text our uh, DOC, and I completely forgot that his team was there playing too. And so I text like a bunch of people. I'm like, hey, 
is like, is everybody like, is this a rule? Like, is, is, are, are we not supposed to be doing this? Whatever. And like a majority of people got back and for the, the, the area that I was in, everybody said, yeah. Um, and I actually was thankful that, uh, a good friend of our shows, um, had responded, uh, who lives in the state where, where I was at. It was like, yes, we actually had a meeting and was said like every age, every club, this is mandated, man mandated in the state. You have to, um, go by the new laws of the game. And I was like, well, you need to go over to this town because they've got five different rules. It just depends on what field you're on. There's a one field's got FIFA laws. One field's got high school laws. One field's got whatever laws. So my thing is no one is above FIFA. If FIFA says it's a rule, everybody needs to play by those rules. (laughs) Well, I I hope you don't run into that issue in the future. Oh, I better not. I better not because I may walk off. I may just walk off and be like, I, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I can't do this. Um, so I, I really hate that we just spent the entire um, intro on my rant. I really didn't want it to be like that. No, but it had to be said. It had to be said. It, I mean, it did. I mean, we're, we, we did it, and it's okay. So just, just, just go by FIFA's laws. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Uh, so I, I guess since I ranted, you just want to get into the interview? That sounds great. We have an awesome guest this week, and I was so happy to introduce them to Nick after uh, we had uh, slid into the DMs, uh, as as the kids say, and we had great conversation on on Twitter, and we just made it an absolute ball. It was so fun to record, and I think you're going to hear that in the interview. Hello, my name is Amanda Blackburn, and I run a top soccer program in Sedalia, Missouri. I was inspired to start a program when I saw a very special young man named TJ playing for our local team. TJ has some physical challenges and was selected by his fellow teammates to take a penalty kick in a game. TJ missed his first attempt. The opposing players didn't take advantage like they could have. They gave TJ another chance. He missed again. Once again, the other team gave him another chance. By this time, the entire fans of both teams held their breath. The third time was a charm. TJ scored and received a standing ovation from everyone. Seeing how this interaction among his peers made such a positive impact in everyone around him inspired me to take action to serve those players who didn't have the same opportunity as TJ to play soccer. With the support of Missouri Youth Soccer and USU Soccer, we put together a local top soccer program. The program is currently in its fifth year now, and it continues to grow in size each season. If you are involved in soccer, I urge you to look at how you can serve others and meet a need in your community with top soccer. Everyone, players, and volunteers will be inspired by being a part of this wonderful program. Don't wait another second. Start or get involved with the top soccer program in your community today. Boasting brag, we've got Fubu and you got rags, and you 
even worse than that To make me feel low They gave me a skateboard While they had logos Girls used to say Snoop, you're so cute But you get no crap With that toe of khaki suit Well, one day up the avenue There was a man so Every week, illustrious guests Faces you know, faces you don't know And every now and then You have people that you meet online And you don't know them But all it takes is a few tweets A few DMs and you feel like you've known the person for a long time. And our guests on this week's episode, um, I got to have a lengthy DM conversation with one night when I was asking her to come onto the show. And we found so much common ground on being parents. And I know that these are always Nick's favorite episodes. Because uh, I have no kids. Because <laughs> Nick has zero children. Uh, I love this one. But I, Nick, if there ever was going to be an episode, I know most of you always say is like birth control for you. This one is going to be one that you're going to laugh at and you're going to love it because we're going to go all over the map on this one. But we have with us this week from Delta College. Remind me of the city because it's not the Delta College in Michigan that I know of. It uh-uh. is Delta College. Stockton, California, baby. Stockton. Gang, gang, gang. You know what it is. What side? Can I do that? Am I going to get shot now? Gang, gang. Uh, we have with us Adrian Sorensen. Adrian, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Let's do it. So, precursor, uh, we're recording this late at night, at least for Nick and myself. It's about <laughs> 7 o'clock Adrian's time. She's got kids. They're off doing their own thing. So, if we get interrupted, we're leaving it in. This is real time. This is what parents have to go through. Uh, so, we're going we're gonna to leave it in. So, Adrian, the thing about Soccer Chat is to know the coach you are now. We've kind of got to know where you've been, what you've done. So how did you get to this point right now in your career? Ooh, okay. Um, sitting in my kitchen. Yeah. With three kids. Um, we won't oh. go into all the details, but um, basically playing career was I um, played two years of DC soccer um, in the 3C2A in California, Sierra College. Uh, played two years there and then uh, transferred and played two years at Cal State Stanislaus, uh, Turlock, California. Super exciting place. Turlock, uh, California sounds like an amazing place. Doesn't it? Um, it was actually an amazing experience. Um, had a great like four years, both you know two JC and then um, two at the D2 level. And then I uh, had an opportunity to coach um, with my coach there. He offered me a, a, actually a full-time assistant coach position there with him right after I graduated, which was awesome. Um, and then I had an opportunity to coach with him for a year. Um, but I, as I coached with him, um, I like just kind of felt like I wanted to at some point be at the junior college level, um, kind of where I came from, and be able to help um, kids like me, uh, be able to move on. And so, um, the job at Delta college, which is like about an hour North of Turlock and about an hour South of where I grew up, um, the job here opened and, um, you know, I was only 22. Um, my head coach really encouraged me to apply for it. Um, Gabe Bolton, um, shout out Gabe. Shout out Gabe. By the way, I love him. I saw that he was your coach when I was doing my research earlier. And my favorite thing about him is he is one of the few people that I see on Twitter that's not afraid to put his foot in his mouth, but like have conversations afterward. Like he will like say something that like is kind of argumentative, but then he'll actually like have a real conversation with the person afterwards, which never happens on Twitter. Like yeah. he, 
He's one of my favorite people to watch on Twitter because he he's always like interacting with people in different ways, and no one can see the hands I'm doing right now. But that it's I I love I love following him on Twitter because he's just he provides me so much entertainment from his Twitter feed. No, can you I, help us get Nick a, a signed picture of him? <laughs> I'm on it. Um, but no, he's like it's funny that you said kind of argumentative because he's like the most argumentative. But. <laughs> I was being like pretty, I was trying to be like socially correct, you know, like, (laughs) no, but he's the best. Like he super challenged me when I was coaching there. Um, I felt like every day I was learning and getting better. Um, he gave me a lot of responsibility, but in a good way, um, might've even been too young for like all the responsibility that he gave me, but, um, it super prepared me for like the head coaching position. So he encouraged me to apply for the job at Delta. It was part-time. Um, the program was like terrible. Um, they were like two fifteen and three the season before I got the job there. Um, I went and interviewed thought thinking like there was no way I would get it. I was again, only like 22. And so I was thinking, I'll just go interview for the experience. Um, you know, and, and I remember him telling me like, you don't want like your first interview to be the job that you really want. Right. You know, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's good. Um, so I went interviewed, he super prepped me for the interview. Um, and I ended up getting the job. Um, and so then it was like, Oh, okay. Like, am I going to do this? Um, so I decided I went for it, even though I didn't feel like I was ready and wasn't ready. Um, but I took the job and then I've been there ever since. Um, and then about five years ago, I got hired full time at Delta. So I'm, I'm that's how you work. That's how you work. Yes. Um, but no, it's been like really hard and like a struggle over the years, (laughs) but, uh, it's like slow growth, if that makes sense. Uh, Um, to that point, but but yeah, now I'm going into my 10th season. So it was just crazy. Like, I can't believe that it's like season 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love it. I love what I do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's the best. Your your team's social media account, besides your Twitter account being suspended, um, your guys' yeah. Instagram is super good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's just kind of a fun thing. It's definitely helped with recruiting, I feel. Oh, uh, I guarantee it. So it's like kind of the first thing I ask our recruits to do is to go follow us on Instagram. Um, not Twitter because it's suspended. Yeah, not on Twitter anymore. I don't really know what to do about that. Maybe you guys can help me. Uh, I told you, just I'm like, yo, what is? It? I don't know. I when we were exchanging information uh, a while back, I was like, yeah, I was like, I because I've seen their stuff before on Twitter, right. and I couldn't find it. And I was like, what's your your Twitter handle? And she gave it to me, and I got on it. Was like, account has been suspended. And I was like, what? I don't <laughs> even know what I did. Like, I think it was music on a video. probably copyright. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, we Which got. I gave, I gave you the secret on how to get around that. Yeah, you did. Um, but I just like to motivate myself with like the haters must have reported us. So, yeah. like, you know, haters are hating and it's just like motivating. Yes. Uh, like, I really need the Twitter back. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Twitter, if you're listening to this right now, please give Delta College uh, their their Twitter account back. They really, really need Me and yeah. Sean will come find you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At Jack. I'm coming for you, homie. Yeah. Um, well, and we'll get into this about Adrian's team would definitely get after somebody. Um, we'll get into that just here in a little bit. Um, I'm going to make a uh, – we, we, we kind of discussed this a little bit, Adrian and I, and I'm going to get Nick in on this. Um, you guys ready for an unpopular opinion? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. The new Lion King is garbage. What? 
Okay, I so here's garbage. the things about the new Lion King. Okay, sorry, Nick, hold on. No, so, you're good. It's Nick, have you seen it? I thought it. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen it. Uh, well, Nick, Nick. It's. I think I thought it was like beautifully done in some like the. I thought it was like a beautiful, just like the aesthetics of it. Um, I had a hard time with Scar. I felt like his delivery was poor, and I feel like yeah. that's such a big thing for Scar, like the yeah. delivery of the lines. Um, yeah. Timon and Pumbaa, I thought, were, like, awesome. I thought they were hilarious. Um, but, no, I liked it. No. I feel like you're nitpicking. No, I'm not nitpicking at all. And, in fact, I have spoken with other um, parentals uh, who also had to take their kids to see it. Uh, right. And everyone agreed on the same thing. I've, I've okay. not met one person that was like, oh, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I wouldn't say I absolutely loved it, but I did, I did really like it. So, here's the thing. I mean, I love, all it is. I love, like. Lion King, like, you know, the original, but I feel like with all these remakes, if you're just going to compare it to the original, you're going to be disappointed. I'm a positive person. So, well, so am I, but at the same time, if you're going to make something, you better make it better than the original <sighs> or at least as good. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. One thing that we loved about the cartoons and I know Nick, you've seen the cartoon version, right? Yeah, no, obviously. Have, have you seen the, the new version? No, I'm pretty loyal to the old version. So Thank I, uh... okay. Okay, so stay that way, Nick. Um, so on the old one, on the cartoon, you can see when they're laughing. You can see the smiles on their faces. You can see when they're mad. You can you you see the emotion. They built all a I giant just, pyramid of animals. <laughs> and all I sat there and watched for the two and a half hours or whatever it was was Planet Earth with voices. <laughs> the like you didn't see any emotional expressions from the characters. They cut off and did a crazy crappy version of Be Prepared. That's one of the greatest villain songs of all time. Yeah, it wasn't, that part wasn't the best. Scar and the hyenas were not the best part of the movie. No, and then like, why, Whoopi Goldberg's still alive. She could do that character's voice. I don't know why Jeremy Irons, they didn't bring him back for Scar. He has one of like the me most menacing voices of all time. My thing was, if you can, if they were on the original, bring him back. Or if not, what my wife actually educated me on was the performance of the Broadway version, I guess, is like phenomenal. Okay. And she said, just get the people who did the Broadway version and have them come in. I'm with it. The delivery, the delivery on like um, Zazu and Scar, I thought was Zazu good. was garbage. Yeah. And I'm uh, with it. I still loved it. No, no. Even my, my, my daughter, we walked out. I was like, hey, do you like, like no, it? No, you're not allowed to like it. Amy. No, I, I'm not allowed I, to like it. I have to spend it now. I'm going to continue to like it. <laughs> I used to like you. Um, so that's just my, that's my rant real quick. I don't know, I, my wife tagged me in something earlier about uh, um, when it's some, one of those like Facebook dads that like does videos every week or whatever. And he like goes off about Lion King. And she's like, <laughs> this was you afterwards. And it's like almost word for word what I said, except for <laughs> His video about the new Dora movie gets me really, really excited because <laughs> I love me some Dora. Gang, gang, gang. Yeah, Boosh, you know what it is. It's out, it's out now, It's right? out now. I think I'm going to go see it this weekend. I'm going to have to see it for sure. Yes. And according to his video, and he's like, he and I have the same like vision about these things. Mm -hmm. And he said that the Dora movie is not only uh, good, but it exceeds your expectations, even though it's like completely different than the, the cartoon. Well, so we'll again, have, if you're we'll going to redo something, you better do it good. We'll have Nick go go watch the new Dora movie this weekend. Um, unfortunately, I've never seen the original Dora, so I, I mean, oh, like, I have you got to remember, he doesn't have kids. To. All right, like, I don't have kids, and I'm 
31. So like me watching that show probably wouldn't be super appropriate. Like, I think it'd be wow. probably weirder if I was like a Dora, like big Dora fan. Like I got like my own backpack and everything. I think I it think might be a little more weird if I was like, it in might that. be a little weird if you go to Dora. Okay. Maybe he shouldn't go. You should like, take I'm, team, I'm, That's I'm, how you get through. Nick, take your team. Like I just, I'll need to steal my girlfriend's niece and I'll just take her with me. So it's no, just take your team with you. I don't like, I feel like there are more productive movies we could use for team bonding than Dora the Explorer. Oh, you a child up. to take to the movie. Also not a good idea. Also not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> now, but Maria, Maria's my girl, my, my, my girlfriend's niece. Like I, she's, I could probably steal her anyway right now and it'd be okay. Well, we're not going to steal any children here, but uh, yeah. So okay, so that was a that was a side sidetrack number one. Um, so also um, as as we mentioned before, Adrian is in Stockton, California, and if you know anything about the Stockton area, you know you can't see it because you're listening to this, but it's West Side. Uh, that's twice yeah. now. I'm probably going to get shot. <laughs> um, what is your favorite West Coast hip hop album? Ooh, um, ooh, this is hard. West Coast hip hop. It's got to be Snoop. It has to be Snoop for sure. That's respectable. That's respectable. Um, so also the thing about Stockton is you're in, you know, quite the neighborhood with your school there. Um, and with the kids that you uh, you you recruit in and, and that you bring into your teams have great stories. And we realized um, that you need to have a reality show with your squad. Um, here's the thing, Nick, I'm going to give you a little teaser and I'll let Adrian explain about her team and she can talk about, uh, how much she loves them and how much they love her. If I were you, Nick, I would never get on Adrian's bad side because if you do, she's got players that know what to do with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my goal is in, as like a general rule of my life is to get on no one's bad side in general. So call, like, I, I won't be on your bad side. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good call, Nick. Uh, we have we have some we have good kids. Like I would, I'll say, like about the kids in this area, um, and we have kind of we pull from surrounding areas, and then we also have a handful of kids from Stockton. Um, they're amazing kids. Um, yeah. There's kids from all different walks of life on my team, um, but the Stockton kids kind of hold a special place in my heart um, because now, like, I'm raising my family in Stockton. Um, really good kids. A lot of them have to deal with some crazy things that like you would never even believe. Um, but biggest hearts, like they will go to war, like they'll go to war for me, for each other. Um, just good people. So legitimately yeah, go to war. Well, how, <laughs> is that, how is that like making like you, when you were, when you got this job, you were obviously very young. What right. was not only was it like, like recruiting people from that area, but also like doing it at such a young age. Cause are you originally from like a similar area to that? Um, I'm from, I'm from Sacramento and um, it's not like the area I grew up in is not, um, isn't on the level of like kind of this area that I'm in now in terms of like what these kids deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, when I got the job here, there were, there were people on the team older than me at the, the junior college level is kind of crazy. Um, if you have eligibility, like if you haven't played, you could be 40 years old. And if you still have eligibility, you could still come and play. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that first, those first couple of years, I had a few players that were like older than me on the team. Um, so that was like an interesting dynamic. Um, I felt like 
I was very challenged to be able to like earn people's respect, um, you know, through kind of not just like my knowledge of the game. Cause I think when you're young, you kind of feel like, well, I have to show that I'm really knowledgeable. Um, and I actually have really grown to kind of understand from the kids that I have here. And I, I don't think it's just singular to them. I think in general, like people want to know that you care about them, like genuinely, and then they'll, they'll run through a wall for you. So, um, and I don't think that that's just in this area, but that's definitely something that I've found here. What yeah. was it like building that, um, you know, I, I we kind of joked on the Twitter DM, uh, about like, you are the soccer version of dangerous minds. <laughs> and when you first got there, so like what, you know, especially as a first coach at 22 years old, that first year has to be like one of the most challenging of anybody's first year. Yeah. Cause it's not just soccer that you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of stuff outside the field too. Yeah. It was, when I look back to like the first year, it was really an emotional roller coaster. Um, because like I had always won, you know, I, I think I'd always been a part of like winning teams and winning programs. So now all of a sudden I'm taking over a program that's never won, literally never won. Um, so like I said, they were like two 15 and three, um, the season before I took the program over. And then I got the job two weeks before our first game. So all the other programs in the area had a summer class where they're getting their teams ready and prepped. I was still in the interview process at that time. Um, didn't know that I was going to get the job. Couldn't even like pretend to recruit. Right. Um, so once I got the job two weeks before the season starting, I literally was just the AD gave me a list of the kids from the year before and said, good luck. And so I just started like calling the kids that were on the team the year before and literally begging them to come back because they had such a terrible experience with the coach, with losing, um, feeling kind of humiliated. Um, they were the worst program in the department. So, and pretty much all the other programs at Delta were winning and like men's and women's soccer were the only programs that were bad. So those kids didn't want to come back and even just like kind of face having to maybe lose again. And for me, again, I'd never even really played on a team that, you know, was like losing. So. Cause all she does is win, 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 no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And then you get into that situation. And I think like, you know, the young naive part of me was like, I'm going to win, you know? And, and so it was rough. Uh, We did win our first game. Um, I think we won our first game, like seven, nothing against like the next team in the state. (laughs) So, (laughs) So we won that first game. Probably the worst thing that could have happened to us was winning that first game. Um, and then things were rough, you know, it was like, once we got into conference play, our conference is really, really strong. It's definitely one of the toughest, strongest conferences in the state. Um, so it was like major wake up call. Um, we ended up winning six games that year, which was like amazing. Right. You know, but, more than a year before. Yeah. Um, and I think we tied three games. And so the players got to feel more success. Um, but there were definitely a lot of ups and downs, um, for me as a coach, it was like trying to figure out how to like, just kind of keep things here and not get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. Um, and I think that was like the biggest challenge of the first year was I was so like high and low with kind of the roller coaster of the season as like a head coach. Um, and just, I mean, looking back, I feel like I made a ton of mistakes, um, 
but also learned so, so much. And then in our second year, um, we, we made the playoffs. We were the, literally the 16 seed. So they take 16 teams from this, from, uh, from NorCal and, um, we were the 16 seed. <laughs> so we barely squeaked in. Hey, you got in. That's all that matters. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, from there, it was like, it was a, it was hard. We kept making the playoffs and losing in the first round. And it was really rough to kind of get over that hump. It took too long, honestly. Um, and I felt like I, as like a, a young head coach, um, I just was kind of trying to fail forward, I think, and like mm-hmm. not make the same mistakes that I made the year before, but I was still making mistakes and um, just kind of growing into myself as a coach, um, fighting for the program. The field that we were on, um, track was throwing the hammer and the javelin on. And so there were these big divots on the field. It was like yard grass, if you know what I mean. It wasn't like yeah. a, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't Crab like, grass. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Um, they wouldn't mow it. And um, so, you know, it was this constant fight with, um, with our grounds crew to cut the grass shorter because they're like, no, it's going to kill it. And so it was a constant fight. I finally like literally like as they were starting to tell me that they were thinking about making me full time. I was fighting harder and harder for the program to get a new facility. And um, a lot of people were kind of telling me like, Hey, Adrian, like politically, maybe you should back off a little bit because like you're part time, they could let go of you at any time. And I was just like, no, like I'm going to keep fighting for what my players deserve. And I finally was able to get the VP of the school to come out and walk the facility with me. And um, once I got him out there, he was like, Oh no, Adrian, like this is terrible. Like we got to do something. And then, um, him and the dean at the time really fought for us to get a new facility. And um, oh, Nick, you're about to take your first drink. <laughs> oh, here it goes. So Nick, Nick has to take a drink every time a child interrupts, and that's okay. <laughs> um, but, but here's the guess, though: was it the oldest, the middle, or the youngest yeah. one, Nick? Which one do you think it was? Oh, I don't know. I you have the cutest kids, by the way. I was gonna tell you that before the show. You like. <laughs> I think you posted a picture of them like a few weeks ago. And uh, you were, you definitely have the cutest kids. Dang. He tells that to everybody. That is not true. He's a liar. Hey, hey dude, go and close the door. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, okay, nobody can see this except for Nick and I, but that was definitely a mom stare of like, oh don't make me say it again. What? <laughs> don't make me tell you again. Um, Hurry, so- and be quiet. <laughs> So I, I like the fact that, um, you know, you, you went rogue and everybody's telling you like, Hey, back off. And you're like, nah, we, I ain't, I ain't having that. And yeah. what was that moment for you, especially as a young coach to like go that far to get the VP of the school out on the field to see like how bad it was. I kind of had to like go over my eighties head. I don't recommend that. It worked out for me, but, um, Calvin, Calvin, come up and shut the door. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like I, I had to kind of go over my AD's head, which I don't think is the best route to go. But but did just, you but did you go to the AD? Yeah, I did um, several times, and she didn't want to like make waves with the administration, which like I got. But um, I just felt like I needed to protect my players. It's a it's a safety hazard. It was, and I just I just kept telling her like there's going to be lawsuits from this. Um, and so anyway, I went to the VP. Um, he was with me. And um, they ended up passing a, a $3.8 million uh, oh. like bond for the facility or whatever. And in um, our facility is 
is amazing. It's awesome. It's soccer specific. Um, we Dang, were able, girl. Yeah, we were able. I had to meet. I got to be a part of the whole like planning process because um, nobody really knows soccer. It's not really like other sports here. I feel like um, I got to have a lot of input because they just didn't really know what to yeah. give us. So um, I was able to fight really hard for kind of the things that we wanted. The only thing I didn't get that I wanted was lights. Um, but other than that, the facility is basically like I literally designed it. So it was really cool to get to like be a part of that. Um, and it, it was a long process. It still took like three years after that to, you know, to be playing on it. But, um, you know, it's even helped our program kind of take those steps forward. Um, and actually, when we got the facility, um, that year was like the first year that we, um, that we like won our first round playoff game. We won our second round playoff game, went to the elite eight that year. And then from since then, we've been able to keep kind of taking positive steps forward and, and you're about to take your second drink. Hold on. Yes, Nick. Get it in. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's awesome. What's up? Hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> what's okay, your name? Second, guys. What's your name? This guy ain't talking to you, my guy. This is, this is Cruz. Cruz. Hi, Cruz. I'm Sean. Cruz, you have pretty blonde hair like I do. We have the same hair color. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's shut the door. No problem. The joys of parenting. <laughs> Absolutely love it. It's like last night we were doing Manny's. I was dude come out screaming. I was like, oh my god, my guy, you got you cannot do that. Um, so you know, you mentioned about. Uh, you know, this, this new facility and things along those lines, how, you know, and, and I, 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 I'm still like a mate, like $3.8 million that like, they yeah. were like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Like, is there anything now that you look back, like from designing, like, like I would have taken this out to put lights out. Um, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd take anything to, to put lights in. I don't know that I would give up anything. Um, they really didn't want to light the facility. Like even if I had like traded like the stands or something like that, um, they didn't really want to light the facility because, um, because they felt like they were going to have to light all the facilities mm -hmm. and like, none of our facilities are lighted. So, but they did like the underground, they did all the conduit for it. So <laughs> like, and they just told me like, if you go find a donor, then we'll, you know, then we'll do it. So I think <laughs> I think she likes you guys. <laughs> I, oh, of course, of course. Every, everybody likes Nick and Sean. Um, so you mentioned too about how much that helped you, like with, with recruiting too, is having you know. Yeah. I can only imagine taking the recruits on the original field, and then those recruits coming back to visit when, bam, there's this new facility that's top I notch. Even take it, the old facility was so bad. I wouldn't even take the recruits out there unless they specifically asked to see the field. It was that bad. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah, so the new facility has been a total game changer. I feel like, like I said, the first year that it opened um, was like the first year that we won playoff games. And then since then, we've just kind of been making more steps each year um, and finally broke through and went to the final four last year. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's super has helped. Like it's been huge for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Wait, for you, what were some of the other things that like when you saw that transition um, to where you guys started being a little bit more successful, starting to be able to win more games? What were some other things that you noticed that were factors that kind of contributed to that? Um, I think things that I started just kind of focusing on and noticing more. Um, I think as a young coach, I kind of would get I think I kind of felt like I almost felt like if I didn't if I didn't address a problem, maybe it didn't exist. And that seems so stupid, right? Like when we even say it. But um, I think as coaches, sometimes we try to avoid. Um, and I just started realizing like I have to attack issues before they become problems. And I think sometimes you feel like, well, if I attack the issue, then it makes it a problem. Um, and so I definitely think that having tough conversations with players has really Mommy. helped, has really helped us be able to, to take like steps forward, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think the most difficult thing for me with a lot of that stuff is I find that there's things that bug my players that I don't like, I've kind of become jaded to over the years. And like, I forget about that stuff sometimes where it's like, you have to put yourself in the shoes of an 18 and 22 year old where it's like, Oh yeah, that probably needs to be addressed. Like if so-and-so like has a rough day and like, I like I say something and like it takes them a second to do it instead of like doing it right away. Like the other players look at it as like, like why is he letting her get away with that? For me, it's just like, like I know she's going to do it eventually or she's going to be on the bench. So like, it's always hard for me to like put myself in their shoes again to be like, that's something that probably would have bugged me back then, but like doesn't really bug me all the time nowadays no i totally get it i think um i think like now i see that um attacking and kind of like having conflict really does help your team grow um whereas at the beginning i think trying to ignore some of those things ended up you know things oh my goodness look <gasps> whoa <laughs> look what he's got for those who are listening to this i have a Crazy looking puppy, dog, doll, hookers. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys keep going about your business? Me and Cruz are going to play Great. dolls. Real quick. It's like kind of mesmerizing oh a little bit. Those those are those weird things with the big eyes. Yeah, um, my wife's not a fan of them. Yeah, but, we'll but no, I think like, kids. I think now I I realize that um, through kind of attacking some of those things, both as a team and with like individual conversations with players, it really does help you move forward. And I think in the beginning, I just kind of tried to avoid some of those things because, um, you know, I just thought that those that that it made it a problem. And um, so that's definitely something I think has helped us move forward as a program. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that have changed. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, even though I, I mean, I definitely have grown as a coach. Um, you guys know, like, you, you have to have the players um, to do it, no matter how good of a coach you are. And so um, being able to get my recruits to like see the vision that I had with the program um, has really helped. And we've been able to kind of um, open our recruiting area up a little bit, go kind of go a little bit further out. And we have a lot of kids that commute in uh, because they want to be a part of it. And so just, you know, the quality of player has 
has gotten better and that's, you know, that's helped, even though I, I do feel like I've improved as a coach. Um, I'm also getting better players and that helps us win. So <laughs> yeah. One of the things that like, I, and I interested to get your take on this too, like as you started transitioning to get better players and things like that, one of the things that I, I think it was Gino or Emma talked about a little bit ago where so many coaches are afraid to coach their best player the same way that they coach everyone else. Did you have, did you ever have struggles with that as you started getting more players that could be difference makers and take you to the further rounds of the tournament? Yes, um, definitely another thing that I think as a young coach um, and with a, a program that in the beginning was struggling, there's that fear of if I coach that player hard, they're going to leave. Oh. Um, and I think like trusting, I think kind of trusting what what you're trying to build and then trusting that the culture is strong enough to withstand any player leaving, um, I think has really helped. And, you know, what I've found is, um, that now, I mean, everybody wants to be coached and pushed, um, that we have. And I think that that has also been an effort on my part to try to get to know the, um, families of the players too, and the parents, because then you're learning the kind of messaging that they're getting when they get home. Um, our kids are, most of them are living at home, right? Cause it's a community college. Yep. So I really do think that's important, um, to kind of know, you know, what they're, what they're getting on the other end. Um, when they get home, do they have like people who are pushing them to take personal responsibility, um, for things like their fitness, their academics, um, you know, those kinds of things, or is it, you know, kids being taught to blame circumstances, blame coaches, blame teammates, um, that kind of thing. So that's been a, kind of another side of it is just an effort to um, sometimes not recruit the player if I feel like there's going to be an issue. And obviously that's easier when you're winning um, to do. And I know I struggled with that when we weren't winning as much. Um, but, you know, now um, – I think you just kind of get to the point too, where you just feel like it's not worth it um, to have to deal with some of those things with, um, you know, with maybe the player that's a little bit more talented, um, but a lot more of a headache. Um, so I think just trying to kind of trust what you've built and that it's going to be strong enough to, to get through, you know, any one player, you know, if a player did leave or didn't want to, you know, kind of buy into what you were doing. Yeah. I think the tough thing that like I've gone through too, where, it's like, cause I had that same transition and it's, it's now it's trusting my thoughts when I don't have a good feeling about a player. Like if I'm talking to them, like through the recruiting process or I see the way they interact, it's like, like trusting myself that like I have, like I got the right feel about it. Cause it, it, it's a difficult thing to, to do sometimes. For sure. No, for sure. But yeah, like for you, what's um, what are you most excited about for this upcoming season? The one that you're like in right now? Um, well, we have, so last year we had, um, we had 18 freshmen on the team. It was a oh, really God. big, yep. And usually the classes are fairly even. So usually, um, you know, usually you've got at the JC level, fairly even classes. Um, last year was really lopsided and it was kind of like a year where, um, and I think that this kind of has to happen to have a special year where it was like most of the good players that I was recruiting, like ended up coming. 
And um, it was at times a little hard for my sophomore <laughs> class because the freshman group was very strong. Um, and <laughs> she's loving this so much. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people told me we wouldn't be able to, uh, to go to the final four with so many freshmen starting. We started eight freshmen last year. Um, and so that was kind of a battle last year, um, was, and people would say it in a nice way, um, but you know, well, they gotta be, they've gotta be sophomores, um, you know, for them to really be able to do it. And at a certain point, like, and and you kind of catch yourself like believing those things, especially from people that you respect in coaching. Um, and you know, and then it just kind of like, got to the point where um one of my assistant coaches was just like you know what like there's no guarantees like there's no guarantees that we'll get there next year like we got to go for it now like you know it's all in and not that we weren't but I think you kind of um at times like that human side of you like has that soft spot to land on like well if we don't do it this year then we still have next year you know with these kids and um you know at a certain point we were just like you know what like let's not wait, like, you know, let's expect it from them now. Um, and just have that higher standard from them now. And so it was really cool to be able to get there with them last year. Um, but we did show that we were rookies, that it was our first time there. Um, we ended up losing to Santiago Canyon. They're another top program in the state. Uh, we lost to them two to one. Um, they went on to win it. Uh, but I definitely think that there were times where we showed uh, that we were a team of a lot of freshmen. So I think that's something I'm really excited about this year is returning, you know, now we're returning 18 kids and returning eight starters. Um, so, and then, you know, added in some nice pieces into that mix. Um, so it's, it's definitely an interesting thing I've never dealt with, with that many returners. Um, and it, it definitely has, there's some great things about it. And then there's also some, you know, some hard things about it and it's having to check them all the time and just remind them like, you know, Hey, you've never won anything. Like we've never won a conference championship as a program. We've never won a state championship as a program. You got to a final four, like you've been to like three straight elite eights, like awesome, but you've never won anything. Um, So it's kind of just reminding them of that on a daily basis. It feels like sometimes, um, but it should be fun. And, and the one thing I'll say about this group, um, aside from the soccer things that they do, is they're never boring. Like, they are – I've had some boring teams in the past. Like, I think as coaches, we all have just kind of had those teams that you're just like, oh, they're just not that interesting. This group is very interesting. They challenge me, like, on a daily basis. They challenge me to not laugh on a daily basis. Um, I laugh a lot at practice. It's a lot of fun. Um but, but yeah, they're, they're definitely never boring. So that's kind of a fun thing too, is I feel like I'm excited to coach them every day. So that as a coach, there's nothing better than that. And we've all been through times where we weren't necessarily excited every day to coach our teams. So I'm trying to enjoy that part of it. That part's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's cool that you went through one of the that I use all the time with our players. Cause I, and I'm sure you get like, for you, it's got to be kind of cool for any recruit that's coming in to be like, because I'm sure you get this question too, like, are, do freshmen play? Like, are you going to play freshmen? And you can be like, well, last year we we sent we started seven or eight almost every single game. You know, like it's it's one of those things. And one of the phrases I use all the time when I'm talking to recruits is, the ball doesn't know how old you are. 
like once you get on the field, like no, the ball doesn't know that you're a freshman, sophomore, junior for us for four years, like freshman, sophomore, junior, seniors for you guys, freshmen or sophomores. Like it doesn't care also if you were in the final four last year, like right. you're not doing it every single day now. Like, like, unfortunately, no one's going to like that doesn't really make a difference nowadays. And so it, it'll be cool for you this year, like kind of going through it to be like if, if one of those returners is fighting for a spot to see like how they react to having to fight for a spot. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like a daily battle of, of um, kind of challenging them, of discipline, kind of, I think discipline is the biggest thing that, um, that I think they can, that's an area that they can continue to grow in. Um, I think at times they can kind of switch it on and switch it off, which I know, you know, I'm not the only coach that probably deals with that. Um, but you know, all in all, like they're, they're good kids. Um, they do work hard. So I can't complain. We didn't have the best session today. I felt like on Friday we had one of the best sessions that we've had this entire year. And then of course, Monday we show up and it was a rough one. <laughs> I think we've all been there as coaches too. I feel good or bad about my team. Like every other day right now. So yeah. I definitely know how I definitely know that feeling. He also feels that way until the very end of the season as well. That's true. <laughs> Nick, I do like your quote about the ball doesn't know how old you are, and I think that needs to be your new T-shirt. That's my new T-shirt. Ball doesn't know how old you are. <laughs> yeah, is that so, that applies for coaches too, right? Yeah. <laughs> he he went from his original quote, which a lot of the stuff that you were talking about at the beginning of your coaching career with DC uh, made me think of Nick Frank. Like our first year of our show, he's, every week, just like I just want to win all the soccer games. I just want to win all the soccer games. <laughs> right. He is, and he has now matured into the ball doesn't know how old you are. I have like we. Coaches, we all have phrases that we overuse like all the time. And I catch myself doing it because my players will call me out on it. I use that one all the time. I always say water seeks its own level. Um, I, I forget all the other ones. I have, a, I have like three or four of them that every time I say it, the players like, like coach, you said that already. I'm like, I know, but it's, right. it's important. So obviously, uh, uh, as I say with my team is uh, last is a lifestyle. Uh, I like that. I'm always telling them that, like when we like come back from a water break, I'm like, you know, it's like the same kid. It's the same kid that's last. You yeah. know, it's like last, last is a lifestyle. Right, tell you, you're gonna be last, last there. You're gonna be last in everything. I think I'm gonna steal that one. That's a good one. Um, obviously anybody who's listening to the show so far can obviously tell you, uh, on top of being a coach, are also a mom. Yes, uh, so how do? What is the juggling of that like? Um, I think people like seek balance in life. Um, I think that's like a, I don't think that's singular to like anything else. So loud. <laughs> um, it's all right, Cruz, you're all good. But I've kind of, I don't know. My life is just, it's just not balanced. I, it's, um, it's kind of crazy evolving. Um, my team, I think is a huge, um, part of my family. Um, and then my family, obviously, um, you know, is the centerpiece and, you know, it's what we're all doing. It's what we're all doing this life thing for. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think she's playing peekaboo with, with this little creature here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm not going to say it's not tough. It's, um, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the time I, you know, you get caught kind of feeling like, um, you're trying to keep all the, all the balls in the air and keep juggling everything. And like, you're not really doing anything that well. Yeah. Uh, 
just because you don't have that balance. Um, but, you know, usually when I'm feeling that way, um, something happens either with my team or with my kids, um, just kind of like a little sign, you know, just maybe it's something that a player, you know, mentions, um, you know, something positive that I've helped them with or, um, you know, something good that my kids do, which happens like regularly. Um, and those things just remind me like you're doing okay. You know? So how, how you mentioned about your, your players, your kids, you know, what is that? How is their relationships, especially with the junior college level, because you have new players like every year and you have, you know, they're only there for a couple of years compared to a four year school where, you know, they really get to know your family that well. So what's that relationship like with your players and your children? Um, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's kind of, it's a big family. Um, my players, I feel like are like a bunch of big sisters to my kids. Um, you know, I, I, they babysit. <laughs> there you um, go. Um, I actually have a former player, um, who, uh, was actually going to play this season, uh, but she got pregnant. Um, and she is nannying for me this season. So she, um, I pay her, she goes and picks my kids up from school, um, and then brings them either back to the house to work on homework here or brings them out to practice. Um, and then, um, I go pick up my daughter from preschool right after practice and that's how we roll. Um, so the kids spend a lot of time out with the team. Um, my middle, middle kid, uh, Calvin, he loves soccer. He can't get enough of it. Um, my oldest one, he loves baseball, um, karate. He's not as into soccer, which is totally fine with me. Um, like, I just want them to play something and, and, um, just be active and, you know, all those things, but I don't care that it's soccer. Truly. I actually would prefer to never coach my kids, um, <laughs> but it's, it is fun. Like Calvin loves soccer. Um, so he likes to kind of like be involved and like be around like shagging balls or just watching. And he loved watching the world cup. So that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, like the kids are part of the team, the team's part of the family and, um, you know, they've, they've really stepped up for me, um, you know, just kind of recently and, um, you know, I love them. So, yeah, I can tell you that I too did not want to coach my own children until the opportunity came and it mm -hmm. was like, you know, if I don't do it, who is going to, mm -hmm. and then when you get into it, it's just like, all right, this, like, this is cool. Like for me, I, I struggle with. I struggle with working with younger ones, right. but I recognized, um, and by younger, I mean anything younger than eighth grade. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can do it. <laughs> I, I struggle with it. And I, I actually, I was, before we started recording tonight, I was talking to uh, one of our other coaches just about like the struggle that I have with it. And, but he was like, but you do so great with your daughter's teams. And I'm like, well, like it shouldn't be different, but it is. Right. And so I think for me, like I was the same way, like, when, when we started having kids, it was like, all right, when they get old enough, then I'll do it. But like, you know, rec league and all that stuff, like my wife, like you're going to do it. And she's actually like, she's coaching a team this year and I'm, I'm helping out. But, nice. um, like with, the with, with Quinn's Academy team, it was like, they didn't know if they're going to have a coach. And I was like, all right, like I'll do it. Cause I don't, you, again, you don't know who's going to do it. So I'll just do it. And right. I enjoy that. But like from, if it's not her team on up to like high school, I'm just like, ah, not my, not my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the dynamic would be like. I I do just like 
like with baseball, for example, with, with my kids, it, it was just nice to like, just go and just like get to be a mom and like get to like go cheer for them. And like, I don't want them to feel like mom's coaching them. Like (laughs) mom's a coach. They know mom's a coach, but, um, unless, you know, I think if they really wanted me to, then I probably would do it. But, um, you know, it is, it selfishly, it is nice to just get to go be a mom, you know? Yeah. So. That was a Quinn had a camp this summer and that was the thing um, that she went to. And one of the coaches was like, Hey, like you didn't tell us you were a coach. I was like, cause I'm attempting to be a dad for one week. Right. I'm going to be happy. Um, right. But yeah. So like just such an interesting story that, um, that you have. And, you know, like, like you said, like start off at, you know, head coaching job at 22, you are what we refer to on the show as a grizzled young vet. We haven't said that, that, uh, that phrase on the show a lot. Uh, recently, um, you know, what, what does the future hold for you? Like what, like, well, well, here's what I mean. Like, obviously you can't predict a future and you can't say like, you know, this, whatever, but obviously you probably have goals, like that things you want to accomplish, you know? And they're like, if we were to do this interview again, five years from now, you know, what do you think you'd be doing or, or what goals do you think you would have reached by then? Man, what does your future hold Adrian? Jeez. Um, I feel like I've always tried to kind of think of things in terms of, um, I don't want to leave this place before I feel like I've, um, kind of taken it as far as I could. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. You have and Nick Rizzo like, syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I've done that yet. <laughs> um, not just from like a winning standpoint, but, um, you know, I just, I feel like it's been, I think when something's like been your baby for so long, it's like, you just want to, it, I think it'd be really hard to leave it. Uh, but you know, I do, I do think about the four-year level from the standpoint of it's really difficult to, um, only have these kids for two years. Um, it's really, really hard. I mean, Nick, like if you think about your kids, um, growing them as freshmen, and then sophomores, and then sending them off to somebody else. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I feel like I'm barely figuring them out by the time they leave their sophomore year. Yes. So that to me is like, that's what I do. So um, basically, like they're starting to get it. And then I send them somewhere else. And it's super rewarding. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's the best thing in the world is like helping kids get scholarships and move on. Like that is like, there's nothing more fulfilling than like helping feeling like you're like aiding or helping a kid change their life. Um, like there's not anything better than that. Um, like no wins, like truly nothing like that is as fulfilling as helping a kid get a scholarship and be able to better their like life, like their life situation. Um, especially for a lot of the kids in this area, um, that maybe like, you know, have told me or come back and told me like, I never would have been able to do that without like the program and without like going through that. So that to me is like, you know, I mean, selfishly, it's like really fulfilling. (laughs) So, um, but it's really hard to lose them from like a, even just from like a relationship standpoint, like losing these kids or your relationship with them changing after two years is really hard because I do get really close to my players. Um, so I do think about like, man, like how cool it would be to have kids over four years um, and to be able to build something in a different way over four years. Whereas I'm completely rebuilding with the exception of this year. Cause I 
this is the first time where I didn't feel like it was a total rebuild. Um, but that that's one year in, you know, that we're, I'm going into my 10th season. So one time I felt like I wasn't completely like starting almost from scratch every year or total like 50% turnover every year. Um, so that part's really hard. It's a lot of recruiting. It's mainly local recruiting or recruiting from like within an hour. Um, but it's recruiting pretty much every night of the week. Like if I want to be really good, I'm, I'm basically at high school games, um, during high school season, I mean, four, five nights of the week, really, really hard with a family. Um, but if you want to be really good, then like, that's what I have to do to get kids to come to Stockton. I mean, to be totally honest is go build the relationships with the kids and with their families. Um, like that's just what I know. I know how hard I have to work to be good. And I, where I am, um, I'm full-time and I, I do have tenure where I am because I'm a full-time coach and a full-time kinesiology, health and physical education professor. So the, yeah, the position is like a joint position. So it's like, if you looked at like my job description, it's, um, head coach, women's soccer slash, um, kinesiology. So like, because of that, like it's a, it's a full-time like professor, um, deal and, and I have tenure. So if I had a bunch of bad seasons, which I don't ever plan to, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's not like a contract at the four-year level where I'm going to lose my job. Um, I'm super competitive and I have like definite goals for the program. Um, like I want to win a state championship. And so, I mean, I'm not planning to be bad, but, um, it is nice to have total job security. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. Like, especially with a family and being like the sole like breadwinner. Mm-hmm. It's nice to like not have to worry about like losing my job in two years if we have, you know, back to back losing seasons or whatever. Um, the salary is also, I know just from talking to colleagues in the prof- in the profession um, is really good in comparison to, and just much better than, you know, most coaches are making. I'm basically would be, two jobs away from the job that would be worth like financially worth leaving the job that I'm, I have now. So, and that's two jobs away being really successful at those two places Yeah, <laughs> and, and getting the next job. And so I'm just trying to kind of, you have to be realistic about, uh, about it. I think it would definitely have to be the right fit for me to leave and you still got to get the job. Um, yeah. I think also I've been in junior college for a long time and that can kind of pigeonhole you. And I'm not sure kind of what the kind of what the deal is like kind of at the four-year level in terms of what they're looking for um so yeah but I do think about going four-year and um my life situation right now uh you know makes it a little bit tougher to kind of think about um moving on four-year but it's definitely something I do think about I don't know if that answered your question it would have to be the right job but yeah um like do you think about do you, and obviously because you, I mean, you love teaching, you love coaching and, and Nick is the same way, but is there ever a moment in the day where maybe you're grading the test or maybe you're just, you're just like, man, like I could be like recruiting right now, or I could be out doing a, a small session. Or I could be playing like that thought of just coaching for the entire day. Like, does that ever pop in your mind? Um, so like you were saying, instead of teaching also. Yeah. Um, yes. 
it definitely would be nice to just be like full-time in coaching. Um, but the nice thing about my position is most of what I'm doing is like teaching actual PE classes that, you know, at this point there aren't, they aren't a ton of prep and are not a ton of grading. Right. <laughs> um, it's a lot of like working out, which is also like therapy. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I work out with my classes and it's like my, also my built-in workout is like teaching PE classes. Um, it's a really good gig. Like I cannot complain. Like it's a great job. Um, I also teach, I teach like online health and online sports psychology, um, which is nice in terms of like balancing like my like family and home life. Um, I can kind of do those after my kids go to bed. Um, so it works. I mean, it's, it's a good gig. Like I'm, you know, I definitely am not complaining. It's a good yeah, And we're not trying to pry you away. I <laughs> like that very clear. We're but, not trying to pry you from what you're no, doing. No, but, but I definitely am an, I'm an ambitious person by nature, um, and very competitive by nature. And right now I'm just super hyper-focused on, um, trying to continue to take this program to the next level, um, both, you know, on the field and also like off the field and I want all my kids transferring every year, um, you know, and helping all those kids that want to move on and play at the next level, helping them find the right fit. Um, and that just kind of, if you want to move it to the next level, it just, it has to be your whole focus. Um, you know, so it is. So I, in some ways, maybe I lose a little bit from like a personal standpoint, but I want to be great where I am right now. So that's just kind of what you have to do. That's, that's the title. I want to be great where I am right now. That's your t-shirt, Adrian. Okay. <laughs> I want to be great where I am right now. Um, with the, you, you said you're ultra competitive and now that you open up the, the beans that you work out with your, uh, with your classes, do you ever get on a treadmill and see what the speed the person next to you is going and you go faster? Uh, obviously. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. Uh, yeah. I can tell you the last time I was on a treadmill. Is that <laughs> least before my daughter was born? I don't enjoy the treadmill. Um, I'm more of an elliptical, and then like I like to like weight train. Um, so yeah, that's kind of. So you see somebody like pushing like thirty pound dumbbells, and you just got to walk over and be like, "Oh, forty five, so let's go." Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, um, the I stay away from the dumbbells. So for me, my my issue right now is um, over summer um like our team works with our strength coach and um, and so the weight room's kind of far away so over summer when we were done with like our session he was like coming out doing like a lot of body weight stuff with them um kettlebells pull-ups um just like a lot of body weight stuff mainly with them some like trx band work um plyo boxes just like would kind of put them through that kind of thing so we weren't losing time running over to the weight room um, so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm going to do these workouts with the team. Um, so Mistake. I think, I think they kind of like got a kick out of it, you know, and <laughs> like, you know, I, and I think it's good to like struggle in front of your team. Um, yeah. like pull-ups, like I wasn't able to like do one, like when we started and like now I can do one. And like a lot of the kids on my team are doing like 15 pull-ups without a band. And it's like, well, man, like, do you really want to like kind of show how weak you are in front of your team? Um, but I think that it's been really good. I think it's good to like be vulnerable in front of your team. If you're asking them to yeah. do that for you, um, you know, I think it's important to 
like do the same in front of them. And um, like, I know I got way stronger, like working with them. Um, so, and it definitely I, does like, I'm like, you know, there's times where, and I'm in pretty good shape, but there's times where I'm like, man, I just put them through a 90 minute session and now they're going through this. I didn't, I didn't just play through a 90 minute session and like, yeah. you know, struggling to get through this workout. And like, it just, I think it helps uh, me to be able to appreciate like the hard work that they're putting into. Um, and I think as a young coach, I didn't, I really tried to not do things with my team because you really want to be like seen as the head coach and not as like their friend or a player. But I think I'm to the point now where I'm more comfortable, like being myself around my team and just trusting that, you know what, like they will respect you. And, um, that, that's something that has kind of taken a little bit, I think for me too. I pray for Nick's team whenever he just looks at him and says, Hey, let's go for a run. <laughs> Because if he says let's go for a run, it's going to be at least a half marathon. Yeah, they would not. They would not be able to. They they would not Nick, really like Nick, that one. Um, Nick, do you play with your team ever? Uh, occasionally. Um, I like. I just. I actually. The only thing I really love to do is play goalie because, like, I like to talk trash a lot, and it, it's so I played goalie yesterday, and I definitely, I definitely pulled out a few decent saves. I think they like. Like I'm like getting a lot older than they are, so I think they assume that like I can't move at all anymore, and so like my that's like I mean, what? <laughs> I said my team too. <laughs> right? Like I don't get it. Like I just you're you and me. I think are the exact same age. Yeah, I'm 32. I just turned 32. I'm turning 32 in two weeks. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Yep. Hey. So while you guys are talking, sitting here talking about training with your teams, I went bowling with my kids yesterday. Yeah, I had this crazy pain in my body from like one o'clock this afternoon and it got worse as the day went on. My wife gets home. I've got training tonight. And uh, I was like, hey, like my sciatica or however you say it uh, is sciatica, whatever it's called. No, it's uh, a sciatic. Sciatic. Okay. Sciatica sounds great, but uh, I'll say my sciatic um, is like crazy. Now, I've had an issue before with it uh, where I like had to go like get shots and like crazy stuff. But I was like. I like this hurts. My wife was like, me too. My ribs are hurting. Like my glutes are hurting. And I was like, dang, <laughs> like, what is going on? She's like, it was from bowling yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, what? we like, we only bowled one game. How does that do it? So no, I feel you like anytime I do like a new movement, like it, and it doesn't like, I work out pretty hard, but like anytime I do like just something totally different that I haven't, man, like the struggle is real getting older. Yeah, I don't, I don't work out hard anymore. <laughs> I, I, I got to that point a long time ago where I said, it's not worth it anymore, my guy. So while you guys are talking about working out and all this stuff while ago, I just had myself like half of a pint of ice cream. And Well, see, Nick, ha Nick has that half a pint and then goes for an eight-mile run and comes back. So it's, like, it's not even like he ate it anymore. Right, right. That's why I do it. <laughs> I used to do that back in the day. Not anymore. Um. <laughs> You know, Adrian, the, the cool thing about Soccer Chat, it's all about getting coaches together and, and just bringing this this community, this network together. And and maybe there's a, a parent, you know, who's who's doing the the same thing you are and, and they're having that balanced, unbalanced uh, life. And, and uh, maybe there's somebody who's going through the same struggles with their school of, you know, the equipment needs to be better, the facilities need to be better, or just they just want to get to know more about your for whatever reason, liking of the new Lion King. And they want to talk Snoop Dogg with you and, and whatnot. Um, cause I can, I can tell you all from experience, if you reach out to Adrian, it's worth it because 
the tweets and the response are golden. Uh, so you really gonna appreciate that. So if somebody's listening to this and they want to reach out to you, whether it's email, Twitter, uh, how can they do so? Um, I mean, you can always slide in the DMs. Uh, there you no, go. Open them up. <laughs> um, but yeah, reach out anytime. And I'm, I'm down. I, I would love to help anybody. Do you know your own Twitter handle? Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's at... Oh, gosh. Oh, Would you like me to tell it to you? Yeah, can you tell everybody? <laughs> oh my gosh. It is at underscore Adrian S underscore. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so just exactly. look for uh look for two soccer balls that says Coach A. Yeah, that one. And uh and, and it is it is worth it. I'm sure that uh everybody at soccer chat will be uh will be reaching out to you. Uh and, and we definitely uh are gonna keep up with uh, with your squad. I, you know, knowing the, some of the, st- the stuff about your team, I am definitely interested in watching them this year. Uh, I want to see uh, my gang gang do it over there in uh, in Stockton. And uh, we uh, we want to thank you for spending time, taking time away from your kids. We Nick and I do not deserve that. Uh, but, you know, thank you so much for taking time away from your kids and then come on here and talking with us. Yeah. Th- anybody that's listening, you know, thanks for your patience. I'm sure you're going to hear my my two year old quite a bit. So, yeah. Which I think Nick has like three more drinks from earlier anyways that he missed. Yeah, right. we're good. Hey, dude, I think I've been doing great. I'm on beer <laughs> four. Well, you didn't see my six-year-old came up too, so a couple I was going to say, I, there was a point where there were two kids that came into screen. Right. So right. I think that counts for like two more. All right, I'll drink more beer, guys. Paul, <laughs> twist, twist my arm. Twist my arm. <laughs> All, All right, Adrian. Thank you so team. much, and, uh, and good luck to you this fall. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And in the back of me, I heard my family cry. I mean, I think before we get into anything, we we need to give a big shout out to Twitter to get Delta Soccer back on Twitter. Yeah, unsuspend them. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what you're doing over there, but you, uh, Jack, you need to you need to hook Delta Soccer back up. I want but, everyone who's listening to this episode to tweet to at Jack, let Delta Soccer get back on. Because clear, they, they should not be, I mean, of all the bad things that are happening on Twitter, they should not be yeah. a high priority for you to suspend. Absolutely. But, no, but I mean, the cool thing about her was, and again, we talk about this with a lot of the uh, guests we have on our show. She was so easy to talk to. I mean, mm-hmm. we could have had a 10-hour conversation with Adrian, and we it, we wouldn't have gotten bored. Like, it would no. have been that much fun the entire time. Absolutely. And I was I, I always enjoy the shows where, with coaches that we don't know, when we first make the communication act, we want to we have them on the show. I love that the person – or the, the, the personality that you see in the tweets and the DMs is the exact same personality that you get when we're recording. And she fit the bill to a T and and God love her. Three kids, you know, like trying to handle that, trying to handle coaching, trying to handle um, teaching, handling life. I mean, more power to her. And and when you when we talk about girl power, that's it right there. Oh, I mean, she she defines it where like, I mean, just I mean, it was just cool because when you talk to her about the teams that she was coaching and everything that went with it, I mean, you don't get many people as passionate as she is. Yeah. And I the thing I actually was I, my wife and I were chatting about this, uh, this interview over the weekend 
Um, I, I give my wife the inside scoop of who we're going to have on the shows. And I was telling her about a conversation. I was really intrigued when um, Adrian mentioned about, you know, her field and the AD wasn't listening to her. And so she, you know, begrudgingly like when I just said begrudgingly and I think I used it correctly. Um, I think I learned that word this week. But, you know, she had went to the vice president uh, of the school and she was like, but I don't suggest that to anybody. And, and but I, I think I think I said in a comment about no, because you can only hear no so many times. And especially when she made a comment to the, the, the VP about you're a lawsuit away from this not even being here. And I think like there's moments where you do have to step up and you do have to go above that chain of command because if the person in front of you isn't helping you in, in a ways that you need, especially I'm everybody knows I'm the massive advocate for player safety and health in a situation like that. If your athletic department's not helping you, then you do have to go above the head and you've got to make the people in charge see like, Hey, this is not fit. Like we can't have this. So shout outs to, to Adrian for, for pulling that off and getting $3.5 million to build the facility of her dreams. I mean, she's what would you, if you if 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 Mammoth gave you three point five million right now to build your own field, what would you do? Oh God, I would build new stands. I would give us lights and maybe a projection screen. Ooh, you know, like why not? Okay, I dig that. I dig that. Uh, um, what what would you like? The, the question about the projection screens is always like, do you put the projection screen with like a scoreboard or do you make the projection screen the scoreboard? We I mean, have to like everything has to be like digital. If and all that. We're being honest. I haven't thought past this initial plan because you asked me 10 seconds ago. Well, but, I mean, that, that's quality. Um, I'm going to go with that. I would make them the same as of right now. Okay. No, that that works. That works. I, just, I don't. I I don't even know like what three point five million dollars would get. And that's also correct. I don't <laughs> know if all the stuff I just named would be able to be done with three point five million. But like, as a person who's not very rich, three point five million seems like a bazillion dollars. But I would feel like um, I'm like I'm one of those like stretch a dollar out for every penny. So my thing was like, okay, like if I got three point five million dollars. Whoever like sells the stuff that you would to make hey, I'm gonna I'm going down to stadiums R Us. And I'm yep. I, you know down there they've got football stadiums, they got basketball stadiums, soccer stadiums, hockey stadiums, like whatever type of stadium you got, you just gotta go down to to stadiums R Us and they'll get you hooked up. So I'm I'm going down to Stadium R Us. I just want to be like, hey, what can three point five million dollars get me? Like bare minimum of like not like all the bells and whistles, but just like what is the most things I can get with three point five million dollars? And I think I would go that route. So yeah, like, I mean, okay, what's the, what's the what's the cheapest lights? What's the cheapest speakers? What's the nicest? Because my thing is like, then I would rather have a super super nice surface than have like if I couldn't get a projection screen. And that's so like, the thing. Give me like, a super nice nerve or uh, surface. Give me awesome bleachers. Let's build the wall around it. Let's get an awesome locker room. Get some lights. Get some speakers. But like everything else can be like not like brand name. Just give me like the the lowest thing, and then let's go from there. And that's the thing. Like our surface is like really quality. So like that's definitely not super high up on my list. Which in turn gives you more money to spend then. Correct. For the lights and the, like the screen. Yeah, there you go. Um, then that would also require you having to learn how to use the screen and to make things for the screen. 
You are correct. I haven't thought this far in advance. You asked me this question like maybe two minutes ago. So I bet if I ask you this question next week, you will have a completely different answer. I will have more ideas for the answer to this question. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, So... Yeah, Adrian's awesome, awesome. Definitely check out their their Instagram account. I love following them. Um, if you haven't passed that one on to Reese yet, I would I would pass that on to uh, to your assistant. I think she will really like uh, the things that Adrian's doing there. Uh, and I think because if she sees that, then we might be possibly closer to getting more training videos of Nick Rizzo in action, uh, which is what I think that we all need. I mean, we can try it. I don't know if anyone would benefit from it, but you'd have a good laugh. Is it about anybody benefiting? I mean, guess not. I'm, I, we just need it out there. <laughs> Let's just get it out there. Yeah, no, uh, I was actually that. Like, I don't know if you saw our Instagram from the other day, but the game that the girls were playing, I was like demonstrating with a girl, and then I wanted to prove that I could beat her, and then I didn't beat her, so we didn't post that video. So I'm, I'm kind of a bad. Um, person, because I know I follow you. I know I follow Reese. I don't know if I have the women's soccer because most of the time, like your Instagram stories are like the reposting of the of their Instagram stories. So, like I see it that way. Correct. Um, and I mean that's a good way to do it. So like, I always I, I I don't I don't you know I don't want people when they click on like the scene by and see my eyes on that one. People are like oh like he's scouting for Connor. Like yeah, it's, you know it's whatever. Um, yeah, Connor mention your name you don't give me a blue short here shirt here pretty soon i'm gonna be monmouth for every single game this season i mean it should uh, be anyway because we've been doing this for like <laughs> two and a half years but i can understand a little bit because t-shirts do mean something yes yes and uh so and i think i be- i think i've actually known connor i mean i don't i just really gotten to know Connor in the last two years, but I've known of him longer than we've been doing the show. So I think it's kind of a bad thing on my end that like I'm like team Monmouth and here I've known him for significantly longer, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but the, see last week of August, big things are popping. Your birthday's coming up, my man. Yeah, I know I'm getting old in about, I think it's like a week from today. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know when September 3rd is logistically, but it's getting close to a week from today. Yeah. Uh, have you found the secret potion to not turn 32? No, it's uh, I've been working on it and it's it's I don't know if it's possible. I like I, I mean, I've, I've reached out to a lot of really intelligent people that have told me that it, it was it was probably not the best t- like way to use my efforts to try to find a way to not turn 32. I, I was hoping for you to say that your biology department is it has blocked your emails. Uh, after trying to figure out this discovery, I mean, yeah, I like it. That, that's one of the things that probably could have occurred. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we we always come to the end of the shows where we've got to figure out, uh, you know, how people can con- get connected, and we always wonder, like, how do we know when it's the end? And as I'm sitting here recording with Nick, and I look over and I see uh, my dishwasher open with dishes for me to put away, so that is the cue that. It is time for us to to end the show this week. Join the conversation every single Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter. Just follow the hashtag Soccer Chat, or you can follow our Twitter account at Chat Soccer. That's S-O-C-C-R. If you do not get notifications from Soccer Chat, please get on Twitter. And there's a little button that has a bell with a plus sign on it. Click that. And the reason why I'm telling you that, and every other time that I've told you before, a reason to click that, 
is we have massive announcements. Anytime that we have a massive announcements, we always say, make sure you get in the notifications. So you don't want to miss this. Make sure you click that to get notifications, subscribe to chat soccer. Uh, and, and we'll get a little nice little message saying that you are, and we greatly appreciate you for that. Uh, so again, that's nine 30 PM every single Wednesday night on Twitter, uh, joining the conversation with us, Nick, if somebody wants to have a conversation with you on Twitter and I, you know what you and I have been getting tagged in a lot of, uh, awesome posts lately and, and from people, I don't know who they are, but we're getting in a, I, people think that we're soccer coaches cause we're getting tagged in these like really awesome, like videos and graphics and stuff like that. Yeah. Hopefully All they're right. not listening to this. So they, they, they don't <laughs> know that we're not, but you yeah, know, it's been, it's been pretty sweet. So if you want to continue to tag me and Sean in these, yes. mine is at coach and Rizzo. What about you brother? And mine is at coach Soderling. Feel free to tag us on your soccer. Um, I don't even know. I don't want to say tweets. I don't want to, I, I had something in mind, but if you're posting something about soccer, make sure to use the hashtag soccer chat tag, Nick and myself, and we will gladly retweet. Uh, as you all know, Nick is a habitual liker. Uh, so as long as you post something, it will get that like button. Um, it's here to support you guys. <laughs> and to make sure, as we mentioned earlier, the, uh, the soccer chat, uh, group text, um, you know, if you want to be a part of that, just shoot me a DM and I can get you the, the code to get in, uh, on the soccer chat group text. All you have to do is have the group me app. Uh, so that way you can be a part of that conversation as well. More than just on Wednesday nights, I give a big shout out to our, our, our friends over at social media for the high school athletes. Check them out. Social media at HS social media and social studentathletes.com. Our friends over at Duke Tick brand, shout out to Tiff and Adelaide. It is Duke Use the promo code soccer chat to get yourself a discount. That's Duke Our friends over at Torex, Dan and Aaron Redwine. shout out to them. I believe if I saw on Instagram, they got a new crib and they basically live right next to a farm with a crap ton of animals and the animals look awesome. Um, that has nothing to do with Torex, but uh, go check out their ball pump, torex.com. If you've bought one and you haven't given them a Amazon rating and review, do it now. If you have just bought one, make sure as soon as you get it, test it out, go on Amazon, leave it on a nice little review. Those guys are helping soccer chat out more than what you can think. And any help that you can give them gives us help in return. Uh, shout out to the guys over at Soccer IQ, Ellis Riley and the boys. Shout out to Ellis Riley. Got a new job. I wish I could rem- remember the name of the school that he's at now, but I know it's in Brooklyn. Uh, shout out to BX all day, every day. Um, and, uh, you know, those guys do amazing work with their graphics and their tactical quizzes that you can give to your teams. I'm sure if you get in touch with Ellis, you can get some things that'll be uh, customized for exactly what your team needs, man. Another incredible episode. We've been doing this for like 107 episodes now. I cannot believe it. But the best part is we get to do it again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother.